0: to the Bill Sunday School Podcast. If you're new to the Mill Sunday School, welcome. There's cards on the table. We would love to get to know you. Uh, Fill it out. Bring it to uh, our Sunday School leadership team that hangs out at the back booth in the lobby, and they'll give you a CD. It's from uh, worship. It's a worship CD that we recorded at New Life from the Mill on a Friday night, and it's a gift for you uh, just for coming because we love that you're here. We love visitors, and the Mill Sunday School exists to kind of go deeper in certain areas, and so the certain areas being the subjects that we choose to go into each month. And so I'll I'll tell you about the subject that we're already in, if you don't know uh, what subject we're in. But first, a quick announcement, which applies to you if you're a Pikes Peak Community College student, or if you know anybody that's a Pikes Peak Community College student, because my good friend, Bruce McCluggage, is teaching uh, a, a New Testament class at Pikes Peak Community College, and I told him I would announce it because he's a good friend of mine. And if you came to Sunday school like way back in the day, he taught Sunday school way back in the day when we... Does anybody... Probably nobody remembers this, but do you, does anybody remember when we used to be meet in the Tag Chapel... Oh, we got one hand, two, two hands, and, and my hand, three hands, up so four. Sweet. So, so he taught way back in the day. He's a friend of mine. And his class, so it's a secular university, Pikes Peak Community College, and he's teaching a New Testament course, which is pretty cool. He's a Christian, and so it's this really cool way of him kind of as a as a uh, Christian to interact and engage with non-Christian secular communities um, like the Pikes Peak Community College. And so if you're at all interested, there's there's kind of a sign-up uh, at the lobby in the lobby back there, we'd love for you to sign up, and and so we need you to sign up, because his class, I think he needs like two or three more students, or else his class will get canceled, and so I told him, as he's a good friend of mine, that I would announce it, so hopefully you know someone, or do go to Pikes Peak Community College, and we'll go to the class. So anyways, sorry if that announcement didn't apply to you, because I imagine... For most of you, it didn't. But anyways, this month, uh, we're talking about women in ministry. That's kind of our subject um, for this month. And we've we've had guest speakers um, come. Like last week was Kim Troby. She's a women's pastor here at New Life. Next week, we are going to have Aaron Meadows, the women's pastor of the mill. Whoop, whoop. And so um, we, we've we chosen this topic, women in ministry, because we think it's important. I think it's important. Um, as we were planning topics, we thought that was important. And so if you're a guy in here... And you're like, wait, what are we talking about? We're talking about women. And so we're, I'm grateful if you're a guy that you're in here because it, to talk about it in another light, it seems like when we come to church, it's usually a guy from the stage. And then like in Mill Sunday School, we talk a lot about church history. And usually we talk about the people in church history that were guys because they, you know, the, the way in which culture progresses and guys were the ones who made history, unfortunately. And the women were often discluded from that history making process and um and so you come to church you listen to men usually you hear about men in church history or from the bible most of the stories in the bible are about men and so we think at the mill sunday school and a new life church that women are important does anybody think women are important yeah, that I means it's just like 50% of the population, so um, they're pretty important. Um, <laughs> very important, actually. And so we think that we were going to, We we're, this idea behind this month is to give women, um, not just any woman, to, uh, but influential women like Erin Meadows speaking next week. Kim Trobe sp- spoke last week. And this week, I get to introduce Miss Becky Grothy. She's speaking this week. We heard from her two weeks ago, and she spoke about like kind of mother's advice to us, things your mother should have told you, or maybe you need to be, Reminded of and she did a great job. And so today, uh, Ms. Miss Becky Grothy speaking. She's qualified. She's been in ministry for 30 years. She has just didn't wake up this morning and decide to speak at Mill Sunday school. She's been doing this a while. She's qualified. And so her title of her message is Disqualified question mark. Says who? Ladies and gentlemen, Becky Grothy. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well,
1: I love being here. I love seeing all of you. And I especially, what is your name? Yeah, Jimmy. I especially want to thank you for sitting so close to the front. Well, I still thank you. And that just encouraged me to have you come sit right there like you're hanging on every word. So, it's good to see you. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for life this morning. Thank you for waking us up this morning uh, to a hopeful future and a beautiful life today. And uh, we, we acknowledge your presence here. Thank you for your presence in our life. And we love you. And we give this time this morning to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And did you guys get to meet Jay Have you met Jay yet? Jay's eating breakfast, like all of you, and uh, so if you haven't gotten to meet him, he's here and he is a treasure and a gift. Uh, So I want to open with this scripture passage. I'm a little, I just have to admit, I'm a little intimidated doing a talk in Mill Sunday School with Dr. Joe in the room. I just, I'm not going to ask him to leave, but it is a little intimidating because he can just take scripture and um, explain it and expound and, you know, he is really uh, a great guy. So, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking I should be turning to him every time I read a passage and say, is that, was that in context? Was that, did I do that right? But he doesn't care, you know, He's merciful. So we'll see, you know, if he has me back next year, it means he didn't care. If he doesn't, it means he cared. So 2 Corinthians 3, starting with verse 1 through 6. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. Verse 4, such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Now, especially highlighting this verse, and as Dr. Joe says, if you're writing anything down, or is that how you say it? If you, you you know, if you want, you know, if you want to write this down, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So I was, um, I've been thinking for a couple weeks about people who feel disqualified. And for me, it started very early in my, um, not as a child, because I think I had a healthy childhood, but more when I got to Earl Roberts University, and then especially after I married my husband. And we've been married 34 years, and everybody knew my husband. Everybody knew Dave Grothy. And so people would say, it'd come up to us, and they'd say, hi, Dave, or hi, David, and then they'd look at me and they'd say, hi. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, at least they said hi. They have no clue what my name is. So, you know, because they would have said hi and hi. But, uh, but they said, hi, Dave, hi. So that was a real giveaway. And then one time we were doing a, a conference Um, My husband was singing at this big conference in Southern California, lots of really important people, and I was back at the um, product table, just kind of helping, and so this lady, very excited, came running up to the table, and she said, are you anyone? And I knew what she meant you know, was I important? Was I one of the speakers? Was I one of the singers? Was I, are you anyone? And I said, no, I'm really not. And she just walked away looking for someone else. Then one day I was someone who was anyone. Then one day I was at my desk uh, working on my computer and an email popped in from a friend from church and she had asked a question and then her the last line on her email was see you at the picnic tomorrow and i didn't know about a picnic i had not been invited to the picnic so i replied answered her question and then i said um Uh, Regarding the picnic, I hope all of you have a great time. I I didn't know anything about it, so I guess maybe it wasn't something that we were going to be included in. And really, it's okay. Don't feel bad. And um, really, we didn't want to come to your stupid picnic anyway. (laughs) I don't even like picnics, but I didn't want to be excluded if somebody was having one. At least invite me, and then I'll say, Gee, I'm really tied up that day. Um, so anyway, uh, and then this was, this was a real difficult one. This was later in my life. I had, Christine and Jessica were probably about 12. And um, so uh, we were invited to this big um, fundraiser banquet party celebration where all the important people were going to be there. And my husband was out of town, so I, I was going by myself. And as I was walking out the door, either Christine or Jessica said, um, Mom, um, is that what you're wearing? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm on my way to the car. So you're really building confidence in me, asking me, is that what you're wearing? So then I get to this big banquet, feel very um, bad because I obviously am not dressed appropriately according to my almost teenage daughters. And I'm alone. Do you like going to big events alone? And walking in and thinking, everybody in this room has a friend but me. And so I, I went in, went kind of uncomfortable through the whole thing. And, and it was even um, valet parking, valet parking, which if I had known, I probably would have walked. So it's valet parking. They go to get my car, and I'm standing outside at the end with this very important person. And they pull my 19, like 88 Corsica up to the front door. And the ceiling on the Corsica had kind of let go. So, you know, the fabric, it was like a drape effect inside okay so there's you know there's a cadillac and a bmw and a you know all the fancy cars and then my little blue corsica with the drape ceiling and uh, so they pull up with the valet guy pulls up and the guy next to me um i said oh i'll you know see you later and he said that's not your car i said yeah yeah it is That is your car? Yeah. See you later. You know, so I get in. So did I feel kind of, once again, stupid, stupid me in my Corsica with a draped roof, ceiling. Um, And then when I see things on Facebook, I actually saw one last night as I was signing off for the night. You know, when people post about parties they have or gatherings they have, or, and they'll, they'll say something like, Oh, had all of our closest friends over tonight for an awesome time of food and worship. And you weren't in any of the pictures. Does that bother anybody but me? <laughs> I'm really serious. Some people it doesn't bother, it doesn't bother my husband honestly, he's like, who cares? You know, we don't, it's okay, Becky. But it bothers, it, it feeds something of that disqualified in me. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you one, well, I'm going to tell you two more, but I'll, I'll tell you this one. I came here once, years ago, for a minister's conference. What did it used to be called? Life-giving leadership or something? Joe's eating his bagel. So, life-giving leadership. And so, I'm, it's, I haven't been here very often at that point, and I was standing in the center aisle, and, uh, and the stage was behind me, and I was kind of up toward the sound booth, and this lady came running up, and so she was talking to me, but really she was looking over my shoulder, and I knew she's looking for the important people, but she's talking to me while she scans the crowd for the important people and trying to feign relationship. Oh, hi, Becky. Oh, it's so good to see you here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've been here lots of times. Oh, wait, there's Lisa Bevere! And just ran off, leaving me standing there like, okay, can you relate to any of that? Maybe it's, maybe it's just me and I need therapy. But these kinds of things... So, huh? Do I need therapy? Are you a therapist? (laughs) He's offering his services free of charge for the pitiful woman here with the mic hooked on her ear. Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. Listen to this. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. This is what the Lord says. This is in Jeremiah 9:23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. Galatians one ten. am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So the last one I wanted to tell you about was just a real, you just aren't even going to believe it. So I got a phone call not very long ago, and it was from someone who was kind of frustrated because she had been trying to reach a pastor. And so they, the receptionist at our front desk here Sent the call to me, and said, "There's a uh, someone on the phone, a woman on the phone that's pretty frustrated because she's been trying to reach a pastor." So when I answered, I said, "Hi, I am so sorry that you have had trouble reaching a pastor, and I know that that can be frustrating. And I just wanted to say, how can I help you? I'm I'm one of the pastors here, and what can I do? And how can I help you?" And her response was this. Who and what made you a pastor? So I almost started to cry. I said, "Well, um, my husband and I have been in pastoral ministry for 34 years, and I'm just—I would just be happy to help you in any way I can." And she repeated it: Who and what? And so then I said, Well, um, I graduated from Oral Roberts University, uh, you know, and it just kind of went downhill from there. So, just as recently as uh, a year ago, that dealing with those kinds of things, that for some people, that's like, you know, she's had a bad day, and I'm, I know that is true. So, some people would respond out of that, She's had a bad day, don't take it personally. It, you know, don't let that upset you. But for me, that was kind of a, it kind of was unnerving. And uh, so I know that, that all of you, like me, deal with those kinds of things that come your way um, on a pretty regular basis. So as I was thinking about it, I thought, I'm going to just ask a few of my Facebook friends, What are some of the things? Did any of you see my Facebook post? Does that mean you're not my Facebook friends? (laughs) Could you add me, please? Everybody stop and friend me, okay? Man, here I thought we were like so close and, and that you were really connecting with me on a deep level and you're not my friends. So anyway, I asked, those other people in the world who are my Facebook friends to respond to that question. What has ever made you feel disqualified, either in ministry or in relationships, friendships, um, it, uh, in, in all of those areas? And I got some of the most amazing responses, and it, it, hurt, it hurt my heart to read So many of them. I know Joe read some because he took an opportunity midway through to plug Mill Sunday School. He, uh, He tagged it, you know. Can't wait to hear about this at Mill Sunday School. So obviously you're not a friend of Mill Sunday School either, or you would have seen that. And so here are some of the responses. And let me tell you, they came back immediately. Responses started popping in. Um, that I wasn't good enough. Now, here, here was one from a girl that our kids went to high school with. She was valedictorian. She was the head cheerleader. She was teacher's pet, rightfully so, because she was just perfect. Daniel was our only child that was teacher's pet, and he really was. The, the three girls were well-loved, but anyway, so this girl was teacher's pet, um, came from a wonderful family, and she was my third response. And she said, "Comparing myself to other women, and believing that they're better wives, moms, friends, etc." One uh, lady said, "My answer's too long. I can't even begin to tell you." Another uh, pastor's wife, hurtful words, being criticized and left out because I don't fit the mold of the typical Christian woman. Fortunately, God has surrounded me with lots of great women at New Life who have had the same issues, and now we can just love each other. Uh, Another, I have to agree with, and she responded to the valedictorian, Um, when I was called to ministry, I kept comparing myself to others and disqualifying myself. Um, Then there's a a woman here in this church who's absolutely beautiful, gifted. She's well-loved. Uh, and she's a leader, and she said, believing the lies of the enemy and not feeling valued by others, not trusting that God is molding me into the person he wants me to be. All of those things have contributed to me feeling disqualified in the past. I, I had responses from several pastor's wives talking about uh, betrayal and not feeling like they measured up, not fitting in. Um, Comparing myself to the successes of others and thinking others were successful and I wasn't. Um, Another, what made me feel disqualified was abusive relationships and feeling overlooked or replaceable. That word, replaceable, really stood out to me. Um, I have kind of felt that way before, like any as long as somebody's doing it, you don't really necessarily care that it's me, or as long as you have a friend, maybe you don't care so much that it's me, I could be easily replaced. Another, when I got divorced. Most of the comments that were about, I had several that were about divorce, but you know, they put those in my inbox, not on the wall. It was such a hurtful thing even to them that they couldn't, put it out there, and be uh, let other people see the hurt. They sent that to my inbox. And um, not, not many of you, most of you don't have children, or if you do, they're little tiny. But another friend wrote, when my children sinned, this is when she felt disqualified. But the godly women in my life never let me believe that lie. Uh, when I don't measure up to other people's expectation. Then another uh, of my real good friends just simply wrote, my body weight. And you know, I thought about it. And I I had to repent. Because sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm quite a bit larger than I was when I married my husband 34 years ago and that bothers me. Uh. And so sometimes I'll kind of make jokes about it or whatever, but I know there have been times when little teeny tiny people, I mean like little teeny tiny girls will say, oh my goodness, I put on three pounds and I just can hardly get into my clothes. And I think, I think how that makes me feel because I think, okay, if you think you're big, then you must think I'm enormous. So we can say things like that, you know, um, that if we're not sensitive to the people we're talking to, do you know what I'm saying? How that can uh, make other people feel? And so when I read that from my friend, I thought, you know, that is such a, and she's just lively and involved and um, gifted and does all kinds of things, very social, but her my body weight. Dot, dot, dot. That f- makes her feel disqualified. Um, reading the blogs of other moms who appear superstars at their own everything. You know, in a blog, you can make yourself sound really, really good. And if, like, if you came to my house, I might, I might um, seem like a real together person, Maybe. I don't think the therapist here on row 2 thinks I'm very together. But so say you were to think for some reason that I'm pretty together. Or you you come in my house and the f- entryway is just spotless. But the further you go, the less spotless it is. Last night I'm cleaning out bathroom drawers like a crazy woman because my mom is coming to town Tuesday. My mom and dad, they're going to stay a week with us. And I just know she's going to open every drawer. Just out of, you know, so how's Becky doing? Ooh, not so good. Ooh. Because hers is spotless. She has like 40 lipsticks and they're all lined up and color coordinated. But anyway... So you might come in my entryway and everything look pretty, because we do that in our houses. If we can keep the front room clean, then if somebody surprises us and comes in, we can just take them in that far. (laughs) And all is well. But the deeper you go and the more personal you get and the closer you look, then you start to see clutter, chaos, confusion, disarray so we can make ourselves look really really together in a blog like this mom's talking about but the deeper we look we all have things that that need our attention or that we need help with yet we can just disqualify ourselves by reading all this awesome stuff about people and then say you know what I'm I don't even come close um one, one of my friends that's uh, probably about 15 years older than me, she's lived, lived a long, full life and has beautiful children and grandchildren, and hers was, it started with a dad who was always mad at me. So she's like 65, probably, and her first response is about a dad who was always mad at her when she was a little girl. Um. Uh, there's a PhD at Oral Roberts University who responded, people's judgments and I'm shy. Does any of, this, any of these sound like you or maybe what your response might have been? I was really, I, I kind of threw it out as kind of a fun little let's see what they say. But so many of them were so emotionally charged that uh, it, it was kind of a sad deal. Here's, here's another one. Oh, I'm going to read two more. Um, wow. Disqualified. Simply not being invited. Sometimes people just don't think to ask. And then another says, being unfriended and blocked by, by a clique of women. Women, you know, we can be really, you know what I mean, we can really hurt people with us you know with a smile on our face and praise the lord and so we have to be so guarded about those things so when we feel disqualified whatever the reason may be and i was thinking about the women in the bible that jesus directly not just women whose story was kind of there but women that were directly touched uh, by Jesus or directly connected to Jesus and we think about their qualifications and you've heard these kinds of things kind of like any anytime a woman get, gets up to speak about women in the Bible they talk about Esther, Mary, you know, so I am too. <laughs> I thought that would just be fitting. Actually, not, not Esther, because sometimes when people talk about Esther, I, I didn't want to talk about Esther because I didn't want you to think I was saying that I have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. <laughs> so let's look at Mary. So Mary's inexperienced, young, really has no qualifications other than she's willing and she's a pure vessel for God. And those are good That's, you know, pretty basic. That's kind of ground floor qualifications. And then Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, she was old and barren. You know, but how did God use her? The Samaritan woman in John 4 was immoral. She was an outcast even. It wasn't just that she was immoral. It was that people knew it and she was an outcast. And Jesus spoke to her. And he expressed his unconditional love, and then she received it. The adulterous woman in John 8, this says she was, and this stood out to me recently, that she was caught in the act, which that's a pretty public, uh, that's pretty public to be caught in the act. And uh, so she wasn't like from a good family with a good marriage and all those things which we think are qualifications. Uh, And at some point, God wants to move us into that place. But if we're not, it's not a disqualifier. Then the demon-possessed woman, how Jesus delivered her, and then she just traveled all over with him and supported him financially. So that's, you know, he'll deliver you and then use you. So that's an encouragement to all of us. The woman with the issue of blood. Here's just like this sick woman. This, um, and, she, and she just thinks, you know, if I could get through everybody else and just touch him. He doesn't even have to look at me or say anything. If I could just touch his clothes, I would be well. So maybe you feel like you're pressing through. Maybe there's just this whole crowd of people and how could you ever. But as we press and just touch him, then he, he heals us and restores us and uses us. And I like the widow with the coins. You know, we don't... I, I have my little Corsica with the ceiling fabric. You know, I didn't have a lot of money. I wasn't one of the big contributors that night at that fundraising banquet. I mean, I chug lugged up there in our Corsica because my husband had taken our really nice car which was a van that was as old as the Corsica and in just about as bad a condition. So I didn't have a lot of money to give, and that can make you feel disqualified or like people aren't going to really care about you because you're not one of the high rollers. But that's, that's not the way Jesus looks at it. So if you see yourself in any of those women, I'm kind of abbreviating it, but you know the women of the Bible. And if you see yourself in any of those, you can be encouraged that God doesn't just use and qualify um, the educated and the rich and the beautiful and uh, the cool people. He qualifies each one of us to do what he's called us to do. And it may and most likely won't look like anybody else. Um, the second half of what I wanted to say today is, is very important. As I read down through those Facebook messages, there was a woman that responded and she said, uh, I heard she was responding in my inbox about her divorce. And she said, I heard you and Dave share on marriage and it had to have been probably 30 years ago because she described the setting. And she said, I'm divorced and I felt so disqualified because loving God and I couldn't make it work and I couldn't do those, all those five simple steps you were sharing that night. And when I heard it, I was grieved because, and I responded to her, I said, please forgive me if there was anything that we said in the context of that talk that night that would make you still feel a weight of condemnation or disqualification 30 years later. Because sometimes we get up and we just have all these real um, easy, simple, if you just do this, and, uh, and it makes people that we're ministering to who haven't enjoyed that same experience feel disqualified. So I think about all of you here in this room today, and I was over this morning greeting people, and I love carrying candy around. I mean, it's, I have a college degree, so I could do more than carry candy. But, you know, carrying candy is an important thing when it helps you connect with people uh, eye to eye and uh, just a little something to kind of disarm them. So I was overdoing that this morning, and I, when I do that, and when I come in every Sunday, I think about people who are hurting and who have disqualified themselves. And I want to encourage each one of you, I appreciated, Joe, this morning having you get up and greet uh, and visit with one another. That's such an important thing because we just don't know the condition of the people that walk in here every Sunday morning even the ones that maybe seem so cool and together, uh, and like they have their little circle of friends and probably don't need anybody else. But it's very important. And I wanted to read this passage to you in Philippians 2, 1 through 4. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, If you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't... That doesn't include you, Jimmy. You did the right thing. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. And then the last line, forget about yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. So let's ask ourselves this question, what am I doing to make someone else feel qualified, to make someone else feel valuable or important? We have such power in in us in the way we treat people, in the way we speak to people, in the way we look at people or look past people? Do you know you can sense when somebody really is wanting to talk to you and when they really are just uh, moving through the crowd to get to the big dog? Do you say big dog? You probably don't say big dog. The big important people. So we can either be just a, a burst of hope to someone or the straw that breaks the camel's back. I just can't take, I can't take one more of these. Jesus was filled with compassion. He moved about the earth, moved about doing everything he did out of a heart of compassion, f- compassion flowing out of him for other people. And I want to encourage all of us to have that same heart and It's easy to, in many of those settings that I described myself, I'm thinking so much about how I felt and how these people made me feel and what he said made me feel and me, 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 me. But if we can uh, set ourselves aside as that, what, what was it, forget yourself long enough. So if we can forget ourselves long enough to think about everybody else in the room and what they're feeling and um, be that compassionate one that Jesus can use to lift and encourage. I want to just challenge all of us. Um, First of all, you are so qualified. Just, you are qualified, you are qualified, you are qualified, regardless of what you may have experienced or what people have said or your own uh, receiving lies from the enemy You are qualified because you belong to Jesus. So you're qualified and now making other people feel qualified and valuable. I kind of even think that when we don't really feel that way and we move, we forget ourselves long enough and kind of set that aside and just take the risk of loving other people and helping other people, something gets changed inside us and and we are encouraged and strengthened so i want to pray for you and then um i'm trying to make this discussion thing work joe and i just i'm just not very good at this so i want you to discuss i want you to discuss how you have felt disqualified would you do that at your table And then what you think, I feel like a teacher doing this, so, and then what you think about what you could do to help other people feel included, valuable, qualified, and important. So I want to pray for you first, and then let's have some of that discussion. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room, and... You see them. You see the deepest part of their heart and their life and their soul. And you see the ones that feel disqualified from a broken relationship or an angry father or tacky friends or any of these other examples that we've shared today. And you know right where we are. You know the clutter and the uh, disarray, even if it's not visible to anybody else. You know it and you see it and you care about it. And I just pray, Father, that this would be a time where we could really take to heart, um, first, the fact that you have qualified us And that you want to use us through a heart of compassion to encourage others with that same word. I pray that this community of people, these faithful people that are here week after week, and even the ones that have just come in for the day, that something would be marked in us, in our hearts, of putting ourselves aside long enough to lend a helping hand to someone else. So I pray for healing for the hearts of the people here who are in that place of feeling disqualified. And I pray that you would just do something really significant in their hearts. And then for each one of us, help us not look past people for something bigger and better and seemingly, but to help us really look into the hearts of those around us and determine to make a difference. So I speak a blessing over these wonderful people today, and let this be something that Uh, is something we're aware of and starts here in this community and goes out to the grocery store and to the post office and to our moms and dads and everywhere, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Let's thank Becky for coming today. Thanks, Becky. All right. Well, um, it's it's not yet time to go. We're ending uh, early, so discuss the question. What what was it again? How do you how have you felt disqualified? Did he and... even listen? I did. I didn't. The second part was. Cu- I was, was feeling ours.
1: so good about myself, and then he comes up, and he doesn't even wait, wait, know you talk what about I said. About again? And so it's like he's
0: I gotta, waiting I for a big how? message gotta, at the eleven
1: it. o'clock service. <laughs>
0: So we're talking about how
1: we have felt disqualified. Like I just
0: did to Miss Becky.
1: Say it with me, how we have and felt this, disqualified and, and can what can we do to make others, feel others qualified. what can you do, Joe, I, I to make other people feel qualified. Right,
0: so do that. So he's like Dr. And then, Joe okay. and
1: I'm like Gigi, you know, grandma and uh,
0: yeah, so discuss it and then and then you're dismissed thanks for coming everybody peace